Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? The, the same as last week <laughs> not not a lot's different no um still spending almost all the time at home um unless the wife wants like cupcakes or something and we go and get cupcakes or whatever but like yeah no all all is well all is still you know just whatever it is uh yeah i mean like uh this quarantine is not ending I mean, it might be ending for some of us soon but and then restarting again <laughs> very shortly after but that that's that's not what this podcast is about no and uh we are recording on the night of the nfl draft round one um, round one uh and it's been interesting are you nervous at all about your patriots picking tonight Oh yeah, yes. I I am afraid we're gonna take some like right guard out of Eastern Washington with our first round pick or something ridiculous like Trade that. Trade Jack Mason. Like that's exactly what the, we do. So um, yes, I am terrified of what we're gonna be doing this NFL draft because it's like actually important now. Yeah, you don't have the great one of the greatest quarterback, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, to just fall back on. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hey, we have Julian Edelman that can play quarterback. If that's your rate. plan, I have fun with the number one pick this year. <laughs> we would still screw it up. <laughs> TBH. Oh, man. Uh, we're not talking about the NFL tonight, though. We'll save that for next week when the NFL draft is safely over and we can react yeah. accordingly to how uh, the Patriots either nailed it or didn't nail it. Yeah. Including, Same thing with your Packers, though. Including the Packers. That, that might just be our next podcast. Um, if you haven't... Uh, give us a rating on uh, a podcast platform of your choice. I just want to get, throw that out there before we get into the meat of the episode. If you missed last episode, episode 68, um, we went over our awards and talked yep. about awards. Um, it was a fun podcast. Unfortunately, I don't know if those awards will ever be handed out or not. Yeah. <laughs> or what's going to happen. Uh, but... We'll take that as it comes. We're going to dive into some NBA news now, Matt. Yeah. So, um, most importantly, so The Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls documentary, um, debuted this past Sunday, um, episodes one and two. It's so good. Yeah, it was worth it. Um, and yeah, just spectacular. Episodes three and four are this coming weekend. Um, again, every Sunday night. That's when ESPN's airing them. Um, I look forward to watching them all. And then as soon as they put them on Netflix, watch them all over again. Um, but so far, like, yeah, hooked. Just like it, everyone else. I didn't, like, as a 90s kid growing up, like, you don't pay attention to the semantics of, like, the GM feuding with one of the star players. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was such a huge thing Yeah. in the 98 season. Yeah. 97, 98, or... Yeah, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, because like now in the NBA, we talk about like player empowerment and players like pushing back against management and all that, and it's like, mm, oh well, nope. Jordan and uh, Pippen were doing this so, twenty years ago. <laughs> so was like Scotty Pippen like just like feuding openly with the GM, the same as Eric Bledsoe saying, "I want out" on Twitter. I, t- why not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean that's like a lot of guys now like saying like I'm I want out of here. All right, right. Scotty, you pick Pippen showing up to the sh- uh, Bulls Stadium with uh, that's all, folks. Shirt on. <laughs> um, probably. I mean, I wouldn't put him past him. Scotty's a cool dude. Scott, I mean, like 
it would have been awesome because you know uh the looney tunes reference there with uh yeah. space jam and all yeah would have been awesome. also the space jam connection of like everyone's like is jerry krauss um <laughs> the the guy from space jam oh yeah for sure is uh, yeah like side 100%. by side and i again it's too young when space jam came out to like you know make those connections and stuff but probably it's like hold up did like no one ever put this together <laughs> like are we really just figuring this out in 2020 because like everyone that's like 10 years older than i like should be ashamed of themselves they if should. we're just now figuring this out they should because like uh i mean there wasn't twitter back then so yeah. like you didn't have access to that kind of thing in I general mean, yeah but like what but who's writing a news you know news column yeah about? no was there no one in the sports world who watched this movie who couldn't make that connection i don't know i i need to go find like some internet archives from the 90s to like figure out like maybe that's what your going homework on. for this next week is you have to dig through the chicago <laughs> archives to see if you can find an op-ed on maybe that's it and like really like some guy like said it and then like got fired the next week and we never heard from him again <laughs> is that what happened here jared um, Krause had him just silently yep. removed from the face of the earth yep that's probably what happened as a jerry Krause type of move um so yeah i'm gonna definitely watch episodes three and four um this coming weekend and every single one after that um yeah that was great espn a plus on this um other piece of news it's not really news but like it was like brought up um and circled the twitter sphere um the knicks are reportedly looking for a disgruntled superstar um one most teams are two <laughs> the knicks you are always looking for a superstar and you have to settle for the disgruntled ones because none actually want to come to you um so then the the rumors of like are they going to go trade for like blake griffin and stuff like kind of um start popping up or like demar Derozan or stuff like that they're like how are we going to surround rj barrett with talent and it's like i mean there are some options i don't feel there are any good options um it would be fitting that they went and trade for blake griffin as his position as power forward and that's all they collect now yeah on the uh, new york knicks they would they would have to give up a couple power forwards to get blake griffin because that contract is so massive but it's still the point of of course they're bringing in a power forward yeah. um so although i am slightly interested to see what the Knicks do because I'm interested to see if they screw this up or not. Um, not not really news. So part of this also depends on like how the draft works out for them, like what spot they get. Did they realize there was a disgruntled superstar a couple off seasons ago named Kawhi Leonard? Ooh. And they just found out about. <laughs> They're still holding out hope for Kevin Durant. <laughs> Maybe that maybe they're referencing Kyrie. He's That's already dis- disgruntled. <laughs> they're they're thinking they can trade for <laughs> Kyrie and KD. They haven't uh, given up on that yet. Oh my God! The that, are, that that's our one. We made it. There it is. What um, is it? Five minutes into the episode. Got it. We're, seven minutes into the episode there's our Knicks reference um and that's all for news i mean again like like i said at the top what's going on so <laughs> uh i miss sports Matt. yeah i know i miss sports i miss basketball specifically but with this big topic of today we're going to be talking about forgotten teams teams that we necessarily haven't talked about a ton mm-hmm. uh, what uh some of these teams are bad but why were they bad? Uh, like, big questions surrounding those teams. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, our first team, the San Antonio Spurs. Not a team that's usually on this list. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird year for the Spurs, right? Yeah, because, like, one, 
is well one can we can we say the spurs officially missed the playoffs for the first time in forever or just like does this year not count for that like can they like just chalk it's it out? an asterisk yeah um because they didn't not make it but they didn't make it either so <laughs> however uh, i don't know how we're gonna s- say get this a participation but, trophy yeah sure that. um i guess they still had a chance to make playoffs right um so the spurs were were really bad this year like they were sitting so low in the standings that like you can't even jokingly say they they still had a shot at the playoffs like the spurs this year um were a whopping 27 and 36 so um they were four games behind the grizzlies for the eight seed which i sounds somewhat manageable but when you're that bad like it's hard to say like oh they're gonna go on a winning streak Right, because I mean, they not only have to like catch up to Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies have to find that like slide where they were, yeah, going backwards, and the Grizzlies weren't doing that, yeah. And so it's like, so there's really just this clump in the West of Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, um, San Antonio, and Phoenix, um, and it's like, man, the Spurs have never been in that type of company. Um, so this is a uh, new territory for them. And so kind of how this will work with every team is kind of like who, who do the Spurs think they're trying to build around or like be, mm, yep. and then like, what are they trying to do moving forward? So first of all, with the Spurs, um, positive LaMarcus Aldridge was like kind of good. He definitely expanded his game this year. Like he was the king of long two range. Or yeah, mid-range shots. So with the Marcus Aldridge, he's tough because, like, obviously he's been a great player before. Like we saw it in the Portland years, and this year, like, yes, the scoring was technically down um, from the previous couple, but it's because he's getting old. He's like thirty-four. Um, so it sucks that the guy who kind of impressed you the most this year was the guy who's aging out the most at a position that can decline very quickly. Um, so yeah, he started taking threes this year. Um, he was taking three a game for San Antonio at hitting at a 39% clip. Um, it's really good. So yeah, like you're like, okay, he's hitting 52% of his twos. Um, effective field goal percentage was as high as it's literally ever been. Um, so like that, that's really good. 83% from the free throw line. Like he was offensively what you're kind of looking for in a power forward now. Um, maybe more of a stretch five. Um, but he, he for the most part did what you needed him to do on offense, and really he he kept them in a lot of games this year. So like, there there were games where it's like, okay, yeah, their record wasn't good, but like it could have been worse. Marcus Aldridge saved that team um, from being significantly worse, and it's weird because the Spurs have still like decent pieces around LA, but he was kind of the guy like I. I, I was really like, he is the one guy that was like, that this was a good good year for you. And there weren't a lot of guys like that for the Spurs this year. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a big key to why they were not in the playoff race, really, right? Is like, they just didn't have the traditional things that you think a Spurs team would have. Yeah. The weapons to score, to defend, play smart basketball, that just wasn't there a lot for the Spurs this year. And LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he he can't be your number one guy running the Spurs. Right. Like, he can't be a number one guy, period. But especially then running the Spurs, like, that's just not how that team's going to operate. Like, even if you wanted to call him, like, a faux Tim Duncan, like, there was there was no faux Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker. Right, like, right. To, to even somewhat match him. Um, because DeMar DeRozan was... 
he was a thing this year. Um, <laughs> he he happened, and he's probably going to opt in next year. He has a player option. Yep. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, like his his contract next year is um, uh, it fully guaranteed. So they they made that choice not to get off of him. Um, so both him and DeRozan are probably going to be back next year. DeRozan's a guy that's. He did the opposite of Mark Sodridge, whereas Mark Sodridge is like, you know what? I'm expanding. I'm going to shoot threes. DeMar DeRozan is like, no. He was shooting <laughs> on average a half an attempt a game. So not he wasn't even attempting one per game. At uh, just under 27%. Which is just abysmal. Yeah, like that. It's a, literally a joke, right? Like that's like Ben Simmons, like how we all joke with Ben Simmons. Like that's what DeMar DeRozan did this year. Well, it's crazy because his last year in Toronto, he was up to 31%. On three and a half attempts. Like he was kind of halfway decent at it. It's like, man, it's, it's if you would have kept working on that, like what, there's no reason like he turned 30 this year i think so like he he should have been getting better like this should have been like the rides of his prime like 27 28 29 30 31 like that should be like the year like you you you've been in the league long enough to know what you got to do you start putting it together finally you've worked on it for long enough and it comes to fruition now and it's like he he's just like i'm going to the basket he's like i'm taking every single um defender to the rack and he he looked like a much stronger player this year like mm. he like he did um seem to work on his body in a positive way like he shot 53 and a half percent from two this year which again a career high on 15 attempts a game like, that's hard to do in the nba um when you're taking a ton of mid-range and, and going to the basket every time and the other team knows it yeah right like they all know like he's not shooting threes there's no reason to go over a screen with him <laughs> um you can go under every single one but like he he did a good job knocking him down. They're like the free throw percentage is good. Like every indication of like Demar Derozan's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Like from mid range, from free throw. Like it is it literally just like and there's no way of us actually knowing. Like, has he really just not put in the time on three pointers? Like be good enough. I mean, I feel like I heard reports about that. It's like in Toronto, they really like pushed him to shoot threes and like expand his game. And then in San Antonio, that like had totally flipped. Yeah, like they weren't pushing him as much, so he wasn't working on it nearly yeah. as much. It's like someone else will be the floor spacer, and I'll be like the attacker, like the Ben Simmons, and uh, not even Ben Simmons. I don't even know what the, uh, Russell Westbrook type. Kind of, yeah. I guess, but like even Russ shoots like a couple threes a game, like one. Yeah, at least tries to get the defense to like respect it, even if the defense doesn't. Like he tries to get them to, and DeRozan just like he literally doesn't care. Right. I I really don't think this guy cares about shooting threes. Um, getting the defense to respect that part of the game because it's like, I I don't think Demar Derozan's a good basketball or a, a bad basketball player. I think he's like I, don't think so. I think he's good. Again, he's still not a number one guy. Um, it's that same conversation as Aldridge. He, I mean, he put up 22 a game this year. Like, there, there's something to be said about that. Five and a half assists, five and a half rebounds. Like, he kind of had this same year Jimmy Butler had. Whereas, like, he he's not as good of a defender, though. Um, where he's like, I'm going to still score my 20. I'm going to get an odd amount of assists for me and rebounds. So I'm going to rebound. Defensively, he's not as good, but... Um, he kind of had that type of season where he's like, I, I'm just not shooting threes, or I don't care about it, or I'm going to shoot a low, low or percentage. Or just going to be super inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that, it's weird. And the same way, it's like, can Jimmy Butler be a number one anymore? Maybe. But, like, there, there's real questions about that. Like, Miami's a better team 
than San Antonio right. is. It's like we're not getting into that comparison fully, but um, the question is with DeRozan are one: is he worth the money? No. Do you want to pay him long term? No. Can he accept the role? At this point, it doesn't look like it. And he's the type of guy like the Knicks are gonna get and think like they've landed a superstar. <laughs> well, that's the tricky part. Like going forward, like what, like what do you do with this team now? Because like you could just because um, the numbers even aren't great with Demar and Lamarcus on the floor together. Mm-hmm. Like they're really bad. Yeah. Oh, because I mean the defense is just falling off a cliff. Right. Um, sneaky guy for this team is Yaka Pertl is a really good defender. Yeah. At center, like it sucks that Lamarck Saldred is at this point in his career probably best as a center than a power forward. But I mean, like we said, he tried to expand his game out. Um, Pirtle was really good, really young center, um, but he's free agent this year, so they'll probably want to bring him back at a reasonable number. If other teams bid on him, though, like maybe they can't afford it. I don't know what the Spurs are willing to spend because if they're bad, are they willing to go into the tax? I don't. I don't know. Um, probably not. Probably not. Um, and that also brings up the next point of. Do you already have like a thousand guards on this team? Mm. And yet somehow like none of them are good. <laughs> you can't pick which one to keep yeah. because none of them have made yeah. that breakout. So yet. like if we're talking like, okay, DeRozan's kind of like a two, three now, um, played a, a good amount of three this year. Aldridge is like a four. You probably want to try and bring back Pirtle as a five. Like if you say like, that's our thing next year. Okay. Then who's your one and your two then, um, that you think you can pair with them that like, can complement them because you need floor spacing like of those guys you you need floor spacing with those guys and so like between you have DeJounte Murray who they invested a first round pick in they really like him uh Derek White same thing invested a first round pick yes these are later first round picks but pick nonetheless Brent Forms is kind of like a guy they discovered out of Michigan State mm-hmm. again he's the guy that like got like a weird amount of playing time this year in a good way because he can shoot the lights out right. he can shoot from everywhere he's older but they had him at under three million dollars a year so again he's gonna get paid more than that though are you willing to pay him and then um lonnie walker lonnie walker is like the mystery card here i like want lonnie walker a ton because he brings a lot of athleticism to this spurs team that they just like haven't had they haven't had since like young ginobili right because yeah. Um, yeah, Lonnie Walker will dunk over everybody. Well, the fun thing is, is he has these like spurts where he's like does ever he's everywhere. Like yes. he's just everywhere defensively and then offensively he's already at the other end dunking the ball. Yeah, like he, he gets like, down the court so fast. He has these like Westbrook esque. Yes, he does explosions that it's like what who is this guy Mm -hmm. and like he has hustle plays like you see clips of him having hustle plays and i like lonnie walker a lot i think he could be a nice like two for them oh yeah but the tricky thing is they have someone who theoretically is like that in demar Derozan. yeah um yeah lonnie walker is like he on basketball reference he's listed at six five two oh five and that that sounds about right maybe six four um but like so he's like big enough to be a two three um more of a two but he could play a three because of his athleticism he played in 53 games for the spurs this year but only about 14 minutes a game like and taking five shots a game like he just 
and it's because they have such a large um, group of guards there, and that doesn't even include like Bellinelli and stuff. Um, they also had like Patty Mills. Yeah, Patty Mills. He just doesn't. He doesn't get shots up. Yeah. For this team, which is unfortunate, because like the percentages are good in the limited attempts, um, and like the eye test when he does play, it's like there are really good flashes here. It's just is he getting the opportunity with this team? He's one of those guys like I wouldn't be shocked at all if he breaks out for the Spurs next year. Um, gets another year in that system and learning it and everything. And, and he was coming off injuries in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has, you know, held his development back. But like, if they think they have something with Walker and they're rolling with DeRozan, Aldridge, Pirtle for at least another year, all you really need is like a point guard who can make this system run. And I don't know if that's any of the other guys we listed or not, or if those guys are just kind of like good backups. Um, but they've there's there's enough there to give the Spurs hope, but not enough there to like make them think they should be like a realistic playoff team. And that's a weird spot to be in. Yeah, they're kind of like in the upper middle. Yeah. Of the NBA, right? Yeah, I would say like their lower record, middle, their record wasn't great. Um, I mean they were a game or two away from being the nine seed. Yeah. Um, in the West, but like. Yeah, if you rated the teams this year like one to one to thirty, they would probably fall somewhere in like that sixteen, seventeen, eighteen range, um, maybe nineteen. Where it's really hard to draft. Yeah, it is. And so it's really hard to make like convince yourself we're a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, they're like a late mid lottery type yeah. team. Um, which yeah, it's a weird spot because like you. You've got to be certain about who you're drafting or, like, about who you've got. And so, like, they they seem to be committed to Aldridge, DeRozan for at least another year, which maybe that's the wrong move. May, like, maybe you want to – Aldridge is the better player right now, but he's older and in a position where you can get off relatively easily. But, like, DeRozan, does anyone really want him? Like, what are you getting back for him? Like, I don't think they want to trade him, just trade him. That's not what the Spurs do. They don't change for the sake of change. So – Maybe this is all just dependent on when does Pop want to leave. Yeah. And maybe that's just the ultimate question with him is like, when are they going to start over? The Patriots, you know, losing Tom Brady. Yeah, they saw Belichick, but when are you just starting over? Yeah. When is like, when do you admit openly like this is a, we're going full rebuild? Yeah. And maybe they're closer, right? They don't have to go full, full rebuild. They can do OKC rebuild, but they didn't have the pieces to trade off that OKC had either. Like DeRozan and Aldridge are not Westbrook and George. Yeah. So the- I mean, that's the tricky thing is like they they have to find a way to replenish those picks. Yeah. Get get a lot some, some more compensation. I, mean, I would love to see like the Spurs like move up or something. Yeah. This year, if they like had a guy, but they didn't think like could trade their pick and DeRozan to move up to three to get who whoever that player Anthony is. Edwards, if if is. Edwards slid to three or yeah. something like that, yeah, like that would be something I would love for them to do. They just they have shown they just don't make those type of moves, but I would I would love for them to. Yeah, I I really want that fun Spurs. I'm telling Matt this off the air, but. I was watching the 2014 Spurs and just some of their highlights on YouTube. And boy, oh man, those are some fun clips to watch. Like if you love basketball, go watch their ball movement and not even, they're not running sets. They're literally just running spots. And because they trust each other, they're just throwing the ball to those spots. Yeah. And, and it all works. And it's so beautiful to watch. Yeah. 
Um, it's hard to build a good team. It, it really is. It's hard to build a team like that anymore. Yeah. Because so much of it was focused around Tim Duncan. Yeah. And his post game. And if you don't have a guy like that. To anchor your offense. Yeah. Um, sure. And yet Tim Duncan was still able to also anchor their defense. He was so, so yeah. underrated. Um, yeah, drastically. So the next team, the team Tim Duncan almost went to, Orlando Magic. Woo! Woo! Um, again, not a lot of pub this year. Deservedly so. They were just, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't a fun team to watch. Like, I, no. I think I've used this example, but I've just, like, tried to watch Magic, like, uh, a splattering of teams. Uh, but, like, the Magic, I had the hardest time watching Magic games. It's like, they're, they have better players than the Pistons, but, like, it's still not that fun to watch. Yeah. It's they're, like that you don't feel like you're watching a significant basketball game. No. Part of it's the way the Magic have kind of changed how they've targeted players in the last um couple of years like we're drafting long hyper athletic guys that are just gonna be everywhere at once because their bodies allow them to be and then we'll teach them the basketball stuff they need to know and while you can debate the draft strategy the free agent strategy it it doesn't always look good on a basketball court that and that's just the truth of it um so that goes from everyone that we're going to talk about with Vucevic to like, he was like kind of a centerpiece, which yeah. was like cool to see last year when he like broke out. And yeah, I think he like made the all-star game. Um, he did like, he did the same thing this year, like numbers, like good and all. And I mean, it just wasn't the breakout effect where everyone's like, you catch the eye of everyone. Like now it's like, Oh, you are this known commodity. It's right. like, it's not as flashy. You kind of have to like, Unless you do something extraordinarily better, you're not going to... Yeah. Like, you're just meeting everyone's expectations now. Yeah. So, like, now if you do anything less, now, now you're a disappointment or something like that. Because, um, yeah, like, last year he averaged 20 and a half. This year he averaged 19 and a half. Last year, 12 rebounds. This year, 11 rebounds. Like, nothing really changed about any of his stats. Um, what he was doing, like, literally, like, field goal attempts. Like, everything's the same. He did take a few more threes this year. But again, just a slightly below league average clip. So like, he he tried to expand the three point game, but that's going to take a couple years to develop and like game percentages. Yeah. But so again, nothing really new with him. Like he's a nice player, right. um, for sure. Like we talk about Aldridge being a nice player. Like Vucevic is an equally nice offensive player. Um, he can get to his spots, do what he generally wants to do on or around the block. Like he does, he does enough and trying to expand the three, um, even though it really wasn't his thing before, like who would have thought back in his early days, like he would be shooting threes in the NBA. Um, so like there's like, he's a, he's a useful player. He's a good player. He, he can't be a number one though. They're, they're lucky they play in the East. Like that, that's why they were like maybe on the playoff bubble of like making it. Although my wizards, um, as you like to say, um, almost caught them. Your boy Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal was. I, I think you're like secretly like <laughs> petitioning to get him on the Celtics somehow. I would love that. Um, can we trade like Brad Wanamaker for Brad Beal? Is that a thing? Just swap Brads. Marcus Smart for Bradley Beal. Who says no? Um, I'm not giving up Marcus Smart. Um, <laughs> but I really want Bradley Beal on the Celtics. That was the thing like at the beginning of the year. Whenever Brad Beal was available, I was like, let's get rid of Jalen and go get yeah. Brad Beal. Who wouldn't do that? Um, Would you do that now? Um, 
Probably. How about Kemba? If I, if I, I mean, Brad Beal's on the extension now, so yeah, I would, 100%. If Jalen Brown for Brad Beal next year, yeah. What about Kemba for Brad Beal? Um, I don't know who's running my point guard, though. You can go trade for Terry. Scary Terry. <laughs> Get that out of here. Um, <laughs> I don't know about Kemba, just because of positions. But, like, Jalen Brown next year, yeah, trade him. for If Brad Beal, if that's, if that's available, yeah, you do that trade. Um, I'm trying to win a championship. So <laughs> Can you imagine that? Kemba, Beal, Tatum. Um, Gordon. Oh, that, that could be another guy. Yeah. If you wanted to try to keep Jalen. Now we're talking uh, about the Celtics. Uh, Look see, what you made us that, do. That was your fault. Um, so the Orlando Magic. So Vucevic was really good. So, like, I can't knock Vucevic for anything he did this year. Like, we know what he is at this point. The Magic know what he is. It's the everyone else on that roster. Yeah. Um, that is just, like, so unknown. And the epitome of that is Markel Fultz. Because um, my only note for him is, Fultz played dot 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 like that's all I got like he which like that was a big step for him though I feel like yeah like with how much I know is mostly around Philly and like that market he played in but he played in 64 games and Mm -hmm. combined in the last two seasons prior to that he played in 19 and 14 games yeah so like he doubled the amount of games he played this year um in comparison to his first years in Philly so like that that's a significant step up um because he is he he had his rookie year. Is how I'm gonna yeah yeah, yeah. figure this whole Markel Fultz situation. He's a 21 year old rookie who had his rookie year for Orlando. He essentially Magic. played a couple more years in Washington and didn't have good yeah. good yeah. Washington years. So um, I mean, like the field goal percentage overall wasn't bad. Um, the free throw percentage this year, um, 72 percent low low volume, but like okay, that's that's encouraging. The three point is what's breaking everyone's heart because he shot 25% on threes um, on two attempts a game, which one, that's very low amount of attempts. Two, that free to, or that three-point percentage sucks. <laughs> You're literally hitting, like, what, one every Every other games? game, yeah. Every other game you'll hit a three. Like, Yikes. For, for a potential lead guard in the NBA, you can't do that. Like, there's just... I, I don't know how you realistically build a team around a guy who and expect to win with a guy like that. I it's, mean... It's tough because you need another guy who can shoot or score yeah. in that position, right? Like, it almost has to be a Westbrook-Harden situation yes. where there's a guy who both can be ball-dominant, both can score, but they just do it in different ways. Westbrook's, like, the comp if you're looking at just, like, style of play. Yes, right, right. right. If you take the attitude out of it, then, like, the comparison's not awful in terms of, like, what could be. Could he be, like, a poor man's Derrick Rose? Is that a better comp um, for him? Oh, Derrick Rose was better than Russell Westbrook, like prime. Ooh, so, that's, a that's not spicy. That's definitely spicy. Um, anyway, um, that's like another, we need to do like a spicy take. Um, podcast. but like where Derrick Rose is now for like the Pistons, yeah, like that. That's realistic for Markel Fultz, I think. I think um, that's kind of what I was envisioning. Is like okay, his maybe that's like a middle ground for what Fultz can be. Right? I I think that's realistic i think it's realistic I'll just, i don't know if it's safe i don't know if it's in the middle but i think that's realistic for him to like hit that like you can take a couple threes a game and like at least you have to respect it but for the most part you're a driver you're a slasher you you can pass but like you're better as like probably a combo guard yeah now like 
you either need like a a guy next to Markel Fultz or you need like a pure point who will like distribute and like doesn't need shots and can get shots for Fultz and uh, other guys on the wing fairly easily. That's probably where you need to go with him. But like Orlando's kind of said this, you're like, we're, we're still figuring out what we have in Fultz. Yeah. Like, we don't know. I mean, they've only had him a year. Um, so he's, it's an awkward piece to build around because I don't, think they want to just draft another two guard like a pure two right um they need well let's get into this of what do you have with isaac and gordon on that team jonathan isaac aaron gordon because neither one really feels like a three they both kind of feel like a four but orlando thinks they can all play together so i guess that's the tricky part is like it feels a lot like philadelphia in the sense it's like you have like three guys who feel like should play the same position. Yeah, and I'm kind of cl- including Vucevic in that yes. because you're interior I, players. I, Isaac to me is ideally a small ball five. Man, and if he can just put on the weight still, um, but he's he's worked on that um, partially because he's been out. What else do you have to do besides weight training? Yeah, because um, he's been hurt so much. Um, but like he's. According to Basketball Reference, he's up to 210, which is, like, I guess encouraging um, considering he looked like he weighed 150 pounds when he came out of Florida State um, a couple years ago, even though he's, like, almost seven feet tall. Um, so if if Jonathan Isaac could develop as a three-point shooter, like, real, like realistically, legitimately, then, like, this conversation is so different. ESPN's got him listed at 230. That's what the NBA.com has um, at Which, he looks bigger, like, yeah. in the games he did get to play. Um, so, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but he only played 32 games this year. Um, so, that's the thing. Gordon is more consistent because he's on the court than Isaac. But I feel like at this point, you... I feel like Aaron Gordon's like borderline like plateaued. You know what you're getting from Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Like this is his what one, two, three, four, five, six season in the Yeah, NBA? I know. He's been in the league for so long. Um and his three point shooting was down this past year. Um his points per game were down. His um field goal percentage was down overall. Like Probably there's his, no spacing on this team. I mean that's there's it. nowhere to work with. Right? Like that's the same thing with Fultz, though. Like, Fultz needs space. Yeah. Isaac needs space. Gordon needs space. Vucevic, like, kind of needs space. He's good enough inside where, like, he can maneuver around it a bit. But, like, if you wanted to be efficient, like, you ultimately want space. Yeah, like, Evan Fournier is the only, like, real true three-point shooter yeah. on this team. Yeah. Like, Terrence Ross starting. can, like, kind of knock down some. But, like, yeah, Fournier is, like, the guy. But he's up. Like, you might not have him next year. Right. And then even, like, if you wanted to get Terrence Ross, like, on the on the floor like what position is he playing yeah is he it doesn't make faults the one and ross a two or is he I playing mean, down to three yeah but he's like, skinny and you're like uh, playing gordon and isaac at the four or five then vucevic is off the floor who's yeah. one of your better yeah. players I yeah. like it just leads into maybe they can talk fournier into coming back because he has a player option um for 17 million man that's tough i feel like on an open market because there's been so many trade rumors about Fournier over the last couple seasons yeah. is that he's going to get paid somehow. I bet he would get paid like 20 plus if he The market for a shooter, it, yeah. Like I mean, and he's 27. Like, he's a proven shooter. Coming into his prime. Yeah. Um, who did a little more than probably most people expected him to do this year. Um, yeah, he was like a bright spot for this team. But so, like, if, but he's not a building block, though, right? Like, yeah. He's probably not. 
um, in all reality. So if your building blocks are Fultz, Isaac, Gordon, Vucevic, like there's just a fundamental problem there with like, unless those guys really start shooting. You have like four position, four starters there, theoretically, and none of them are shooting like above league average that they're shooting. Yeah, and it makes the Fultz Westbrook play style comparison even worse because we joked that Westbrook's the center for right. the Rockets. Because <laughs> like is Fultz like the power forward? <laughs> but they already have Gordon and Isaac. Um so yeah, so like that's what concerns me most about the magic is like they they've been rebuilding for so long that now like two to three years away yeah um that like now it's just you have all these players that you don't know what to do with like you don't want to lose them you want to extend them but you don't want to trade them but then they don't work and the draft of philosophy is ultimately kind of what this comes back to like what kind of guys you're bringing in they just don't draft like pure shooters hear me out maybe you don't trade Victor Oladipo after his Oof. fourth year in the league for Serge Ibaka, okay. and then turn another big man and trade Serge Ibaka. Yeah, um, there were mistakes made. <laughs> that's just that's all. Um, and the Magic really had a history of making mistakes with big men. Um, we and can't. Shaq just don't just dunk came back from the past <laughs> dunked on the Orlando um, Magic. Yikes! Uh, uh, man, young Shaq was legit. Um, so the next thing we have on here, going back to the West, we're alternating East and West. Go back to the West Coast, Sacramento Kings. So I think the questions that come up in my mind is like, okay, so you're building pieces like we've talked about with these other te- teams. Theoretically, Buddy Heald, who you ext- just recently extended all to a long-term deal. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, who you spent a first-round top top first round pick yeah on. like he's like i think went five marvin bagley another guy you just spent a first round pick on mm-hmm. buddy healed's disgruntled even yeah. after you just you had to bench him right paid him a bajillion dollars and then Benched yeah him mid-season yeah that was crazy <laughs> uh so like what are you doing with him i think that's the question that should be answered Right. Yeah. Like because, before this next season. Because ideally, this team would be like we're playing Fox, Heald, Bogdanovich, Bagley, and then you know whatever else. Like whether that's Harrison Barnes and Bagley sides to five. Yep. Or Harry Giles comes on as a five, but he's not. And we need to get off that. Um. So like, probably it's like th- there's an ideal world here that Sacramento can go into, and like they already have the players to do it. And yet, somehow, they're still screwing it up. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing, is, like, what... Is this De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, like, can can they work together, right? Like, not only can you settle the thing with Buddy Heald, like, you need him. Yeah, well, again, this is borderline the same stuff we talked about with Orlando. Like, you need that floor spacing. If you want to have, like, a dynamic guard who loves to attack the basket like Fox, and he's better at it than Fultz, obviously. Um, Fox is really, really good. You need shooting. Just straight up, you need shooting from, like, your other guard and your better wing position player. That's what Bogdanovich and Heald can do. And for some reason, there's just the the human component of all this coming into play with Buddy being unhappy. Um, and I I get they changed coaches. So, like, looking back, I know there was issues with Jaeger personally, but dang it, he, he was really good for that team. 
Do you think he was? It was decided he was going to be fired when he crapped on the front office for not taking Luka Doncic. I mean, or, probably. Uh, so, which like, he was right. I mean, yes. I. I don't. Know. I. He gets you almost to the playoffs, and Luke Walton, to his credit, with how bad this team started out, has gotten this team into a position, yeah. which they could compete for the playoffs. Again, I don't know if anybody was catching the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, De'Aaron Fox's like stats, like I was just looking at them, like all of his shooting stats have, or well, his three point shooting went down. It went back to his rookie year, which, which is crazy. Yeah, like you know, whatever they're playing more Harrison Barnes and he, Bagley and a center. The, he's taken more attempts than he did in any other season, yeah. so that's probably some of it. Um, and of course he had like that entry to start the year. Yeah. Um, I'm not reading too much into it cause I still think he's shown like a good propensity to like be a, you know, solid perimeter player. He's one of my favorite young point guards in the game right now. Yeah. You, you like kind of feel bad for like the situation he's in. Right. Like, and it's weird to take the Kings. Like I, again, we didn't agree with the Bagley pick. Like everyone knew like Doncic should have been anyway. Um, but like, <laughs> Bagley's not a bad player. Right. He's just been hurt a lot. Um, Bogdanovich was like a good um, pickup. Heald was a good pickup. You know, that DeMarcus Cousins situation. Fox was a good pick. Like, Barnes isn't a bad player, but they did overpay him. Like, yeah. <laughs> these moves aren't like awful. Horrible. Yeah. Like, they've done other things that aren't good, but like, these moves themselves like aren't bad. And so it's like, if you're trying to build a nucleus, they have, they've put together a nucleus. Like, considering they got through the demarcus cousins thing yeah. in relative shape like relatively good shape like they're it's like this isn't a complete disaster but like then they go make it a disaster and and that's the troubling part is like they can't get out of their own way right like this team in my mind i i, I know i talked them quite a bit up last year but like this year i thought they were going to be a playoff team i thought they were going to be what the grizzlies were if everything would have worked out, I think the eight seed was like a realistic spot for them still. Yeah. Um, if if Heald was shooting the way we know he could shoot, if Bogdanovich was like that secondary playmaker knocking down shots, Fox, I mean, at worst, did what he did this year. Bagley played and like showed a little more stretch capability than he had in the past. And then whatever center thing or power forward thing you wanted to work out, you could work out like Barnes and whatever. Like, there was a realistic path for this team to like make the playoffs in the West, which is hard. Like, yeah. It's not like the Magic making it in the East. Right. It's not like you go like 10 games below 500 and you're mm-hmm. in the playoffs still. Yeah. So part of me is like, if they can not screw up free agency slash the draft this year, like, and they, you know, it's another year under Luke Walton, they can, you know, get their ducks in a row. They can mend this Buddy Heald situation. Maybe maybe the distance is a good thing. They're not around each other, you know? Um, like, this could work. This really could work. I think, like, Bielitsa, if you bring him back. Like, there's some stuff here. Um, Rashawn Holmes was good. It's just, are they destined to do what the Kings usually do, which is just screw it up in the end? Which, honestly, if I have to bet, that's probably what I'm going to bet. Yeah. And... Um, my advice to Darren Fox right now is take the qualifying offer and be a UFA um, pretty soon. Um, he's got uh, two more years left on his deal. Uh, so what you're saying is go play 
like somewhere else like super fun yeah like uh where, where would it be super fun for him to play i don't know dallas yeah put him toe next to luca um <laughs> do what should have been done fix the fix the curse could he as team we're gonna talk about later can he go to phoenix and play next to booker that would be fun that would kentucky, be incredibly fun kentucky uh alumni just like yeah boot rubio out of there um uh that's for another time um, <laughs> another dream snare yeah. yeah i mean like so this off season you mentioned it do you bring that back bogdanovich i i would say like style wise yes like that is the exact type of player you would want part of me is like i just have no and this is this is a factor like do do teams want to pay a bajillion dollars for a team that will maybe make the playoffs um because you're already paying harrison barnes 22 million dollars next year which that's atrocious um <laughs> you're paying cory joseph 12 and a half million Oof. that's i mean like i like cory joseph i don't like him that much um bagley being a number two pick you're paying him nine million dollars um Fox is at eight million. Heald's at twenty-four. So like, they're already just as is sitting at about ninety million dollars with not that many players signed. So okay, you bring back Bogdanovich for twenty. I mean, if we said Fournier can get twenty, I mean Bogdanovich has got to get twenty, yeah. right? Um, so okay, so you're at one fifteen. Like, and who knows what's going on with the cap? I could go down. So would you rather say like, look, sorry, we're gonna go try and sign Joe Harris or something for twelve million, mm. and not you for twenty, right. and it will do the same effect. I don't know if that's a realistic scenario for them. I don't know if there's gonna create bad blood if they don't initially just make the offer, because um, if you miss on Joe Harris or whatever, then like you can you come crawling back to Bogdanovich? No. <laughs> no. No, not with the players being like, uh, I can go get this somewhere else. Yeah, because somewhere else will pay him 20, 20. The Knicks. The yeah. Knicks will pay him. So, um, and if there's even time to go get him, he might be signed by that point already. There might be an um, offer, like, right now on the table. So, he's, he's I stylistically, I want him there. I really like Bogdanovich. He's not a perfect player, but... He, He's, he's a really good secondary playmaker, and you just kind of need that. Um, I want him there. I Personal advice, if I was his agent, would be, let's look at some other places. You know. Yeah, let's stop playing in Sacramento. For the sake of your career, let's, let's go yeah. somewhere else. So I wouldn't hate him um, for leaving that situation at all. And maybe other players would follow suit. And then Buddy Heald's happy, right? Because no one's competing for his playing time. That's two. That's true. Yeah, maybe that just organically helps. Addition by subtraction, even though Bogdanovich is a good player. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, talking about the Hornets now. Yeah, this they, I, it was surprising because I kind of had them pegged what the Warriors were, just like a disaster. What the Warriors ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. No. The, uh, I mean, the if you have told me that the Hornets would have won twelve games this year, I'd be like, yeah, sounds about right. They didn't. Um, they they were significantly better than that which which was a surprise um they, they had the hot start to the year like pj washington came out and let the world on fire and everyone was like who is this guy um so that was kind of cool like they found Devonte graham which is probably the biggest revelation for for that team like they they went in thinking like terry rozier was like their guy 
right? Like, because yeah. they did the big sign and trade, they lost Kimba, all that, and it was like, nope, Devontae Graham is the the one you should be paying attention to. He was right really now good. For he was. The st- I mean, like most improved in the conversation for most improved, right? Yeah, we probably should have talked about him a little more in our last pod. I mean. Brandon Ingram probably deserved the award still. Yeah. Um, Devontae Graham, though, was really good. Like, 20-point-per-game score. I mean, the Hornets won 23 games on a shortened season. That's pretty I, good. I didn't expect that. I, I mean, was, I was expecting, I mean, under 15. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me they won 23 in the full season, I would have been a little surprised. <laughs> um, still another 20 games to go. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, they're, they're one of those another... Like they've even I know they had Kimba and like Kimba was a star and all that, but like they never built well around Kimba and that was such a shame. Um Batum his legs fell off and, and all that. Um but like they've got a lot of young pieces too. They're in like that similar ish situation to Sacramento where it's like you almost have and Orlando kind of like you have so many young pieces that you don't know what to do besides just like pray these guys develop you kind of just have to play it out and just like keep picking guys like picking up more young players yeah like get talent in there of course um and just yes hope some guys start hitting sooner rather than later thankfully like Batum's only got one more year um because he'll pick up that 27 million dollar player option um like you have Rozier um Zeller's not a bad center um I don't think they've given up on Malik Monk but a lot of people should be giving up on (laughs) Malik Monk I've are you over I was not the biggest Malik Monk guy in the draft and it's just kind of goes to the general principle of it's hard for small players to make in the NBA so I it's just kind of is what it is and like you don't want to be that way but like I mean, the dude's like maybe 6'3", and I mean, 200 pounds is like if he had like a box of donuts before the game, you know? Like, I don't know that he's 200 pounds. Um, he just looks small out there. Yeah. He just does. Um, and so that's hard because he's not a one. He's not a point guard. He's a he's a two. And unless you're... Because like Donovan Mitchell's shorter, but he's also thicker right like he can absorb contact Contact. um playing off ball or attacking the lane whereas malik monk like dude just gets knocked around and that's that's just hard to play with miles bridges like hasn't really panned out i admit like i i was a little more hopeful on miles bridges just shooting hasn't come around yeah like it just hasn't worked out um like graham really is like kind of the one young player where like you're really hopeful um, cause if he can stick and have like a Fred Van Fleetish career, mm. like what we've seen, like, you're like, okay, he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, I really like this guy and hopefully his second contract, you can get on a still pretty team friendly deal. And then it's the one after that. That's a problem. But like, you know, the way he played this year, like if he can keep it up, like that's a, that's pretty realistic for him. That's a cool career. It's a young player you can build around, but like, I don't feel good about really anyone else on this roster. Washington's a nice piece if he's like your fifth starter. Yeah. Like he's not anything that special in all reality. Yeah, that's the tough thing is that like, they're such at a talent deficit. You have so many young players that you drafted in the lottery and yet none of them are nothing to show for it. Yeah. Of significance. That that's the tough part. Yeah. Is when you're bad for so long and you're none of your draft picks work. <laughs> like seriously, like PJ Washington's only played a year, but like he was a nice year. Dante Graham was like a nobody in the draft. 
and then so, he like kind of found his way in his second year yeah yeah so like you that's just the problem with charlotte as much as anything is just nothing has worked that they've tried in the last like five years um i mean they got something back for kimba but you know is rosie really that special no he's the same uh, position as your best player yeah right now yeah so team building wise they need an infusion of talent mm. they need something on the wing for sure that that's ultimately what's gonna give charlotte a, a step in the right direction to like actually build towards or just keep doing this and this is ridiculous so <laughs> um yeah not that this is this is not the draft episode but like yeah they need to be looking for like that wing type they yep. need to pray they move up in the lottery um he can get a guy like that or in free agency but their books like they have money to spend um but who's going to charlotte no you know (laughs) that's that's kind of the problem like let's say throw like 30 or 25 million at bogdanovich we just talked about with sacramento or someone like that they have to just overpay like that and that just ultimately gets you in bad cap situations in four years. Right. So they get into those deals when it's like, oh, how do you have this player? Yeah. So it's like, you better hope like those middle two years were like good. Right. But if you don't have young players that have developed and have grown into that spot, then like it's not going to work. It just isn't like the timeline isn't there. I think that's hard because if Bridges would have hit monk would have hit you know graham was still good then like maybe like then you go spend the money on a wing or you know a three four playmaker type but it's it's not what developed it's not what played out so like charlotte's like are you having to hit self-destruct again feels like it it, doesn't sound like michael jordan wants to do that though i he's never been one to bottom out you know he's not the as we're finding out through last dance he wants to compete he wants to win yeah but you know what you're the number three pick michael and scotty was the number five pick so maybe there's something to it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying um man you wouldn't last very long as a GM for the Charlotte Hornets. I know I wouldn't, but <laughs> like talking to Michael Jordan like that. Well, get out of my office. You know what's worked for Michael Jordan as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets? So, so you know what? No love lost there. Um, respect the player, but the ownership situation's garbage. It's been bad. Uh, moving on to our last team, the Phoenix Suns, our favorite team to yeah. throw shade at. At least yeah. one of my favorite teams. Though. Yeah, um, they're like they're pretty close up there with the Knicks because they had the whole Luca thing and like hiring his coach and then not drafting him and then firing his coach. A year later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going to that Luca draft, they drafted DeAndre Ayton. And he had the PED suspension at the beginning of the year, which was troubling. Um, Missed 20, 25 yeah. games? Um, so you typed out the question here. Is he good? So I think this is the question that's... I think I'm still feeling out for DeAndre Ayton. Is he a good player? Putting up good stats. Or is he a putting up good stats on a bad team? Yeah, just like an empty stats guy. Um... You know he can score. One, he's he's huge. Yeah, he can score. Like, and that there's there's a place in the NBA for seven foot plus guys who know their way around the block. Um, the, I mean like, Vucevic is doing it. Um, so like there's you know even Cantor as a backup. Right. Um, you can stay in the NBA for a long time doing that. But like Vucevic has a ceiling. 
right? Like Canner has a ceiling. Aiden's, it's going to depend on can he stretch the floor? Can he play good defense? And as of right now, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if it's really ever in his projections to be a three point shooter. Um, it just, he's, he's had to play the four before when he played at the University of Arizona because the University of Arizona didn't know how to handle their rotations. <laughs> um, but like he was never a four. Yeah. That, that was never his game. He shouldn't take threes. So it's, he has to, I think he has to be an elite defensive big man to really like, maximize who he's going to be as an NBA player. And he was better this year because he wasn't good his first year. I mean, it's like <laughs> it was it was going to be a step forward for DeAndre Ayton this year. But, like, I'm, I'm just not overly, overly impressed with how his defense played out this year in 30 games. Maybe that's just not a big enough sample size. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if he can be a defensive anchor. His blocks one I mean like he played in seventy one games last year. So like in the small thirty game sample size we saw him and he had one point seven blocks per game. Which isn't okay. terrible. No, it's fine. It gets fine for an NBA center. Like that's average ish. Well like yeah. is it are you getting those because you're big and you're in the way? Um are you playing Andre Drummond defense? <laughs> like that's that's kind of where I'm worried. He's just gonna be Andre Drummond. And you passed on Luka Doncic and Trey Young for Andre Drummond. Um, because he, yeah, you can really score around the basket. Um, he's a better free throw shooter than Drummond, but uh, that's not saying a lot. Um that's that's kind of what I'm worried about. He's just gonna be like a I'm eight foot and in, I, I dunk the ball, and I'm in the way defensively. That's a fine player. That's not a number one overall pick. That's not someone like you're super keen about building around, but like you, you, you don't draft another center in the future because like he's good. He's just one of those guys. Like, if he could be Joel and be defensively, then we're in a completely different story. Mm. But with being a defensive guy like that, I feel like, and probably this comes up like watching the Jordan documentary and just watching basketball our whole lives is like there's got to be like an attitude about a guy who's that good defensively. And DeAndre Ayton does not have that attitude, it appears. Yeah. Because no one in Phoenix has that attitude because no one cares. Yeah. He's pretty lax. Like, he's a pretty laid-back guy. And I don't... That's what I really liked about Kelly Oubre this year is, like, he's, like, had this, like, FU streak in him. Yeah. And, like, that's what this team needs more of. And I don't know... Like, for DeAndre Ayton, I don't know what his ceiling is. Like, I don't... Like, are you... What's a realistic ceiling? Are you just, like, a better Steven Adams? Because like, yeah. that's what it kind of feels like to me right now. Yeah. Like, you're a little bit more athletic, sure. But, like, realistically, to me, that's what he is. Yeah. It, his career ends up being, right? Yeah. Like, good player, can play in a lot of games. May make an all-star game. Maybe make an all-star game, but never, like, oh, my God, he's Nikola Jokic. Like, yeah. all NBA. I don't think you can run your offense through him. He's not, like, is he one of the going to be one of the three or four best centers in the league probably not probably not yeah and that's the thing like Embiid's like the highest outcome but that's only if the defense really comes around and uh, he can space a yeah. little more yeah. not even three point because Embiid's not a good three-point shooter either right. but like space a little I don't think that's probably going to happen Jokic you can't run your offense through him like I don't think he's going to be defensively as good as like Gobert um 
Adebayo, I don't think he can move as well as Adebayo. He can't score like Sabonis um, and be good enough defensively. Like At least Sabonis is competent and knows right. what to do, um, but he's in a better situation. So like maybe that's unfair to compare that. But like, right, Steven Adams, again, Steven Adams is really smart, accepts his role. Yeah. It, it, that's going to be hard for Aiden because he was number one overall pick. Um, always will be compared to Luca, right? Yes, and always, always will have that on him and Trey Young even. Right. Um, so that's going to be hard on him. So yeah, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, is he a top ten center? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's a real like bottom yeah. half of the top ten. Like, good player, but you know, for for Phoenix, they need more than a goodish player. You know, Booker is in that same category. I think Booker's a little better than that. I think Booker's better than an empty stats guy. Yeah. I, so like, that's a question we kind of brought up too is like what is Devin Booker ultimately like maybe DeAndre Aiden's deficiencies get covered up by what Devin Booker can do more yeah because Booker can shoot you into any game right right yeah he can score he's an incredible scorer we've seen that it's just like the pieces around them so like you have your like two maybe three I'll call Booker a two and you have a five yeah so like your one three and four have to be filled out pretty solid yeah and i like those pieces in phoenix haven't been there yeah like, you have a dario saric yeah and he man he like did not have a good year yeah like he could theoretically be your four but this year it didn't work out if yeah it's like if he could ever do like the what ideally like everyone wanted and thought he could realistically do which was like space the floor like be a good passer and like be competent defensively mm. like he just really hasn't done that in the last like year and a half though right um and then like kelly Oubre, i kind of mentioned him like he was a a spark for this team playing the three he was really fun until the knee injury um knocked him out but he was kind of like that guy and I mean he'd spent time in Washington he'd been around Beal and Wall and all of them so like he had different experiences um, growing up in the league than some of these other guys did Um, because again part of Phoenix's biggest problem is like the culture there Um, yeah it's it just no one knows what they're doing it feels like like they were accidentally good there for a couple years when they had 8,000 point guards Um, (laughs) and then now it's like they don't have a point guard. But like Kelly Oubre this year playing like 56 games, averaged about 19 a game um, with six rebounds. Like he was athletic wing and he hit 35% of his threes on five and a half attempts. That's like, good. That's, you know what? At worst, that's league average. Good athlete, intense guy, changes the mood in the room. I like that. I Phoenix needs more guys like that on this team. Sarge isn't that type of guy. I think he's probably best as like a sixth man long term. Right. Rubio's again a competent NBA point guard, but like you know, he's like best as like a fourth or fifth starter. Right. So really if the if the Suns can figure out like one more playmaker on the wing, like a bigger guy. Of course everyone's looking for that though. Like the Durants and, and like, everyone. Yeah, the Clay or the not the Clay, the Kwai's Paul George. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what this team needs, right? Yeah, and I mean until you can get someone to go to Phoenix, which again Phoenix can apparently get a meeting with everyone, but they can't ever get anyone to come there. Like <laughs> um like that's that's what they're missing. That that's ultimately yeah. it is that like that one like that number one A star. And I don't I don't think Gavin Booker's ever that guy. 
So I'm, for this next year, to kind of answer my question, I don't know if we've ever really brought it up, but what is this team next year, right? Um, for me, I'm looking for them to make a leap, some sort of leap. Like, this is your third year with your number one pick. This is Devin Booker's, what, fifth, sixth year now? Yeah. Like, you really should be in the playoff conversation now. Yeah. Like, full stop. Like, mm-hmm. either this is going to work with this core or it's not. And this is the year you find out. Because we're going to find out a ton about DeAndre and can he play defense and can he progress and be an efficient scorer on the inside and do all of those things that we talked yeah. about, right? And then on the, like, if you bring Ubre back, like, theoretically, you have your core there with Booker, Ubre, and Aiton. Yeah. And really, you just need guys to fill in further deficiencies. Yeah. And, like, it, that's a border. I mean, that's what we've been talking about with the Kings and the Spurs, right? It's just, like, figuring out how do you fill out, like, that last starting spot and your bench. Yeah. If you can do that in a competent way, like, that makes sense, then all of a sudden your team, like, wh- why not make the eight seed? Yeah. Um, or at least legitimately challenge for it. Because, um, like, I mean, Memphis made the playoffs, quote-unquote, this year. Like, why did Memphis make it? You know, like, there's nothing about that team that's, like, overly special. I mean, like, John Morant's special. But, like, that they, they did. They were running Jay Crowder. With, yeah. Like, their guys are younger, and still yeah. they're in the playoffs they before just, you. It's, they, they know it's John, Jaron, and then they filled out the rest of that team nicely. Yeah. Like, it's just competently building a team, which, again, harder to do than we make it sound like sometimes. Right. But, like, that that's what it is. And the problem is Memphis did it in like a year and a half and Phoenix has been at it for like 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. And like, hasn't figured it out since Nash left realistically. So like, that's the problem. If they know what they're doing, it's like, this is our guy. Number one, this is our guy. Number two, this is our guy. Number three. And we're filling in around them. Then like have a direction. But at this rate, nothing else sounds, tells you they can do that right because they're like we're making the playoffs we're tanking we're making the playoffs we're tanking like they can't figure it out if they can just get on the same path for a couple years then maybe something good happens maybe have the same coach for more than (laughs) two years that's a good strategy um yeah it's like weird i was like an aside like just was flipping through the radio the other day and um so i was talking about like it was nfl related but um like how like the Steelers have only had three coaches and like when players go there, like they just know what they're getting in, themselves into. Like there's just something cool about that for a player. Like I know when I go to work, what I'm supposed to do. There's not a conversation about it, right? Yeah. Like, cause I know who's running the show. I know who's in charge. I know who to talk to. If I have a problem, I know who to talk to about it. And it's fine. At the end of the day, we got a problem. We can resolve it. The Suns, you go to talk to your coach, like, Hey, I got a problem. <laughs> Does it get handled? Not? Maybe? I don't know. Do you even go to the coach? You should go over his head? Yeah, like, the legit question is, like, if you're Devin Booker, you've outlasted how many coaches? How many yeah, GMs? Right. So, that's the thing is, Devin Booker, like, the most experienced guy in the room for Phoenix anymore? And, like, that's a problem because he's, like, 24. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be the thing is, like, you need to have some sort of consistency, whether it's good or bad. Like, I feel like at some point you have to say, like, we're going to roll with this guy for four years, no matter yeah. what. Good or bad. Maybe he's it. bad. Then you can say, like, you know what? We're starting over now. Right. We're blowing it up. And then you do something about it, whether that's player or coach or whatever, you, you do something about it. But, like, yeah, it's like they just have commitment issues. But, for sure. Yeah. Just get committed, Brad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly uh, it. 
the Phoenix songs suck. <laughs> Man, they do. I really want them to be good, though. Like, I, I say they suck, but, like, they really should be. Like, this is the next year. They shouldn't have sucked for this long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're same situation some of these guys or some of these other teams like how have you been like kind of tanking for so long and yet you're still in the tanking mode i mean philadelphia had how many like top three picks until they yeah, like they only six. hit on two of them yeah realistically um and you know what uh i i hear that and like the suns are like they've they haven't even had the top picks like they had Aiden, but like They've always been, like, in the late lottery. Like, Booker was not a top five pick. He was 14. I would say, I think he was, like, 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, props to them for actually hitting on a... Yeah, on Booker, which... it's That was part of the Kentucky thing, which is, yeah. like, a draft day pod. Um, or draft pod. Like, Kentucky not using guys correctly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like... So, yeah, you can give him a little credit for that. But it's like, okay, then what about the three years after him? What they do? Nothing good. What Dragon Bender was after? Oh that? God, Marquise Chris. <laughs> yeah, God. yeah. He's like having a resurgence now in Golden State. But yeah, he, I actually watched a couple of Golden State games. I was like, oh my God. He's like not bad. He's, He's like figuring bad. it out. But like, also goes to the um, back to the idea we mentioned off air of like the market discrepancy of like centers. <laughs> like you drafted DeAndre Ayton number one overall and like paying him ten million dollars a year. And yet, like Aaron Baines was like really good for you. And like, like why am I playing DeAndre Ayton? and not Aaron Baines. Sometimes you play them together and then that was that's like, weird. That's, that doesn't work. Yeah. Like, because you're like, I need Baines on the floor. It just goes to show like, you can get a good center for like six million, $6 million a year or less and like, it's fine. And then, you know, like, why, why are you drafting a number one? If you're drafting a number one, he better be able to like, do stuff offensively that like, is uncommon. Is jaw dropping. Yeah. Like, if you're drafting a big man, just, just not even center, big man, he better be able to, like, move around the court. I, like, I've listened to draft, like, people, experts, and, like, they kind of think that's, like, leftover from the old NBA is, like, this idea that you need a center to win. You know, yeah, and that's like in the Jordan doc. Yeah. You remember that? Like how, <laughs> like that's why Portland didn't take Jordan. He's not. He's only six six. He can't, can't do that much. Like yeah, and they had a bunch of players that were like, yeah, you can't win with the guy who's six six. Like he can't be your best player. Oh well. We already had Clyde Drexler. We can't draft him and Jordan. Can you imagine that if Portland <laughs> would have got Drexler and Jordan? Like that could have been an incredible like two or three, like on the wing. Oof. Like that's cool. Um, but so like. It just goes to show, like, yeah, you don't need a true center anymore. Like the Andre Drummonds I mean, of the world got sold for a bag of potato chips. The, I mean, like, that's the that's been the going rate for centers for. It's not just like a new thing. This is it's not, a, yeah, a one year new thing going on. It's been a thing for the last like six years. Yeah. Like the. Uh, like the Golden State Warriors won a billion championships with Kavon Looney at center and Andrew Bogut. <laughs> Um, playing like five minutes a game, like like right like the Cavs with LeBron. It's like no one cared who their center was. Right. Like it, Tristan Thompson, like whenever he was getting a thousand offensive rebounds, was like oh there's something. But like otherwise, you like you didn't care about who was playing center for the Cavs. Like the Heat, like like I mean unless Bosch was really hitting, like who cared? Like Birdman was out there fouling everybody. Like, <laughs> again, nothing about like recent NBA championships say like you need a, like a true center anymore. Like who was the last? Was it like Tim Duncan? I guess Duncan. Yeah, if you fourteen. Yeah, probably. That's probably the closest thing. And Duncan's like maybe the best power forward of all time. Yeah. And slash center, whatever like position you want to put him at at the time. But like that's the point. Of, like it, you really need like that level of a guy. 
to like get to where you want to be championship wise right like even like really good in the playoffs yeah yeah like, a lot of teams like in the playoffs like you're not making the eastern conference finals based around a center right like it's interesting to see if the nuggets could have done it with Jokic, but his offensive game is so different than yeah, any other I mean, center in like the league. Like that's what I, I keep. I feel like I brought him up a couple times on this podcast, but I feel like that is the comparison. Because right? he plays like a guard, because which like, gets yeah. back to the point of it's about guards, right? And even like Anthony Davis, one of the great like big men in today's NBA, is like he has those guard skill sets. Yeah, like he's a good passer. He's not just like he doesn't just do two or three things really well. Yeah. And, like, defensively, Anthony Davis is really good. Like Elite. Yeah, and Jokic, at least he's figured out, like, and we talked about this with, like, Sabonis and them also, like, at least he's, like, good enough at being in the way and, like, knowing how to do it well, not just being in the way because he's big, like, knowing how to use his body in that way. So, like, there's places for those guys, and so that's why there's just the inefficiency there. Yeah. And so, like, you just, some teams take advantage of it and figure out how to make it work for them. Not just mean bring back up the Celtics, but, like, Paying Daniel Tice nothing, Ennis Cantor nothing to play center. And you know what? We're going to play Hayward and Brown and Tatum and Smart and Walker and let those guys figure it out. Not the big man who only can shoot from five feet and in. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like helpful to have like in situation in situations, right? Like oh, yeah. You like, need, and need a rebound, you're going to put a center out there. Yeah. And like, I mean, Cantor and Tice can do that. Right. So, like, yeah, it's the thing. You, situationally, if you pay them as situational players, then it's fine. Like role but, players. Yeah, but if you pay them as like your number one or number two guy, then like it's just not going to work. Right. And the Suns invested a lot of money in centers. The Hornets invested a lot of money in centers. The Kings invested a lot of money in centers slash big men. The Magic's probably best player is a center. The Spurs' best player is LaMarcus Aldridge. Do we see a theme here? <laughs> Get some wings, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. Then, and again, it's what everyone's looking for. Yeah. But some teams got it and some teams don't. But it's, uh, I think, to the point of, like, they haven't really, like, invested. You can't say you didn't know you needed wings. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a surprise. Yeah. Jordan, Michael Jordan, one of the best players of all time. <laughs> he was drafted in 1984. Yeah. It's not, like, a 2000 and on thing. No, not at all. Oh, my gosh. We went, we went hard left there. Yeah, we did. That's, that's okay. We need to let the people know how to build a team. This is the Couch GM podcast. That's Matt. that's literally what the point of the podcast is. <clears throat> Thank you so much for listening to our ramblings. I know we've gone a little longer than an hour, so yeah. apologize for keeping you longer on this podcast. But uh, thank you so much for listening. And again, um, give us leave us a rating and a review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, Matt, do you want to say anything before we end this podcast? Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how the NFL draft goes, like kind of been trying to keep track of it on the phone because it's going to impact how the NBA does their draft. Like, does this virtual thing work and does it create a good viewing experience? Because if it does, then like got some good options moving forward. But if it doesn't, I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good time. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening again. We'll be back next week with an NFL reaction draft mm-hmm. podcast. So we'll see you back then for episode 70. Yeah.